Okay. Hi, I'm Phoebe. And I am Taylor. And this is a podcast that we are probably going to call Remarks. Yes. All right. I believe so. Um, <laughs> let's get into it, I suppose. Uh, we, I guess we can start by saying what the podcast is about. Yeah, <laughs> and how, why we decided to do this. That's a good idea. That'll get yeah. us flowing more naturally. Agreed. Um, well, so I guess we're both leftists. We both mm-hmm. are what you would call progressive. <laughs> right, progressive, yeah. Um, more on, like, the probably anarcho-communist side of things. Mm-hmm. Very much so, very much an anarchist, but yeah. also not a libertarian. <laughs> exactly, yes. <laughs> Let's stay out of that territory. Yeah. And just hate everything that has to do with the American government and capitalism and the system we're in which we're forced to live. Yeah, so we're going to talk about it for, like, an hour. I don't know. Yeah, I feel good about that. <laughs> however much the however much time the podcast goes. And basically, Taylor and I just, every time we would get together, usually drinking, would end up talking to each <laughs> other intensely, intensely about how much we hate everything. And then one day we were like, what if we recorded this, though? <laughs> it was very much one of those, like, drunk conversations where you're like we should record we should make a podcast we should record this we're so fucking smart (laughs) and then we're here and we're like yeah and we're like how do we start this? how do we actually do this (laughs) but here we are yeah um so i guess for our first podcast topic we were going to be talking about irony in the alt-right and not just the alt-right, but I guess just any kind of, like, conservative irony that mm-hmm. is used. Because um, cause we're definitely going to talk a lot, like we were saying before we started rolling, mm-hmm. about, like, some sexist irony that's used and things like that, of that nature. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's uh, where we're at. Yeah, and Red just started. basically how, like, that is used to, like, spread ideologies, not only to other people who would, like, agree with these extreme ideas, but to, like, slowly seep it into, like, regular culture. Just, like, I mean, you know, you'll see things in TV shows that are, like, subtly anti-communist or... You know, back in earlier TV shows where they would just make these racist jokes in these TV Mm. shows and it's just become totally normalized and it's just this way to, like, spread an ideology so that eventually, like, the full population becomes comfortable with that kind of a thing. And it's like that frog in boiling water kind of uh, metaphor, right? Because you slowly don't even realize how desensitized you're becoming to these things because you've been introduced to it as if it were a joke. And then it slowly just kind of happens around you until one day, like, the Holocaust is happening. And you're like, oh, shit. Now we're here. (laughs) Well, fuck. Like, literally, you know, in Germany, because people always ask, like, how did the Holocaust happen? How did that happen? And in Germany, there was, like, a ton of anti-Jewish propaganda going around that was in newspapers of just these, like, cartoons um, and, like, comics of anti-Jewish things that at the time, like, started out subtly and then, like, would just get worse and worse and turn people's minds to this idea of anti-Jewishness that they didn't even realize was happening to them. They were just reading this propaganda on the daily in a joke form. So it seems lighthearted and it seems like it's not a big deal. True. Yeah. And it's very interesting too. Like I, um, recently listened to a podcast talking about the protocols of the elders of Zion, which is like this big, like it was basically this joke that somebody did like made that was like, what if the world was controlled by Jewish people who like the Illuminati, but they're Jewish, right? Which is actually where the Illuminati comes from. Right. Yeah. 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 Very anti-Semitic, but, and like they started passing this stuff around and like they Hitler and like the other higher ups in the Nazi military and um, party like knew that it was like, it wasn't real. But, like, they weren't going to tell other people that it wasn't real. Yeah. Like, it's all okay, part I've of the big that. joke, you know? Right. There was literally something where Hitler's, like, sitting in the room with his inner circle, and he literally says a joke like, well, we're not the ones killing the Jewish, because he technically, like, never really laid his hands on anyone, right? Mm-hmm. 
And so he literally said that as a joke. He's like, we're not the ones doing this, right? Wink, wink. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's, you could say that might have even been, probably not the first, but one of the very early uh, signs of irony used by the right Mm -hmm. to mask and also, maybe not so much then, but I feel like give plausible deniability to what they're saying. Right. Which, you know, as, as you were saying, like, it, it makes it so that they can joke and they can share their ideology while still having the ability to be like, but I was just joking. Right. That was a joke. Right. I didn't actually mean what I said. Well, and that's like what happens all the time with these like online forums, like all of these like scary pages you'll get onto in Reddit or um, what is the thing? Parlor? Is that the oh like gosh, crazy yeah. fucking? <laughs> and it's like, you know, oftentimes they'll dismiss things as like, oh, it's just these kids on the internet. They always are posting crazy shit like that. And yeah, it's that plausible deniability where you go, well, it's just a troll thing on the internet, which great example of this entire thing is PewDiePie and his fucking legacy, if that's what you want to call it, (laughs) where he starts out, everybody knows, or most people know, as this like gamer online he would stream games and while he's streaming his games like make jokes he was kind of a shock value humor kind of person and then slowly like his videos started featuring these really weird anti-semitic things like he would have these like cut scenes in between whatever i've never watched his videos so i can't i don't know exactly but i've researched um he would have these cutscenes in between that would be like a poster of Hitler or like swastikas mm-hmm. and like a silly thing and like a crazy noise or whatever. And it literally got to the point where he had this huge following of these like alt-right people. And this guy literally shot up a church and afterwards said, uh, subscribe to PewDiePie. And then they yeah. had an interview with um, PewDiePie, Philip, I can't remember his last name. And he basically, he was like, hey, I have no hand in this. I'm completely not responsible for this at all. The things I were posting was complete jokes. I never meant for it to go this far. And to an extent, like, yeah, he's not responsible for some guy going and shooting up a church in his name. However, the entire time of his career, people were telling him, you cannot be posting things like this. You can't. And it just got worse and worse and worse and more intense. And the things that he would say were not okay. But he always had his hands off saying, well, it's just a joke. And then it leads to something like this. And there it is right there. Like you play it off as if it's just a joke, but you're spreading these horrible ideologies to the point where someone takes it far enough to try and kill people. Yeah. And I mean, you could argue the same because like I've heard a lot of people who are just conservatives that I've spoken with who are, you know, will defend Donald Trump and. Mm-hmm. You know, and say things like, well, he, you know, he says this, but he means this. And like, and to right. an extent, I agree that like freedom of, you know, speech is a thing and you should be able to say whatever you want. Mm-hmm. But when it is directly inspiring hate crimes, like right. what, at what point do like, I, and I mean, it's a bigger question than I think we can answer right here. Mm-hmm. But like, what what point do you step in as a society and you say like, this isn't this isn't good. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Like, Oh God. Oof. Donald Trump. There was so many times where, uh, I mean, literally I feel like him making fun of a disabled reporter should have been at least one of the cutoffs. One of the many cutoffs. The end of his presidency. Yeah. (laughs) Which I mean, that, that was even before he got elected, I think. But, um, Oh, shit, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> it's all right, it's all right. Excusing Donald Trump, the many things that he says. Meaning for a disabled reporter. Yeah, I don't, there you go. Yeah. I just can't even think about it anymore. It just, no. oh, it makes me. <laughs> Donald Thoughts of Donald Trump shut yeah. my brain down. <laughs> yeah, right? I, my brain just stops working immediately. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, you know, how much ridiculous shit is this man allowed to say and put on Twitter and all of that, and you just keep coming up with well what he really meant was this well what he really meant was this and it's like not only is that not 100 percent true because like you said yeah people are going out there and doing hate crimes directly inspired by his words but also i mean look at what his like platform is doing 
and it's mm-hmm. pretty much directly agreeing with the things that he's saying as a joke kind of thing yeah no and it's yeah it's, it's a lot um but to go back to kind of what you were saying just bringing up like the online um mm-hmm. the online irony because another big group that i've done a lot of research on have been for a long time is incels as you know and like they Yikes. are they are very keen on like online jokes like terminology that is like ironic in nature like and and just trolling in general and trying to get like a like a um a, re- a reaction out of people mm-hmm. you know you'll see somebody post something whether it's not whether it's like um outwardly sexist or just like a, a kind of like a snide a snide comment mm-hmm, i guess like mm-hmm. but women are bad drivers yeah and just things like that but it's it is it, it is that like um what's the word i'm thinking of here it's that um normalization right. of it like you know because it starts with just the women are bad drivers jokes and then it will potentially get more and more and then you know they start talking about like false rape allegations and Mm -hmm. all these things and it's you know it all starts somewhere and usually it doesn't even start as something too harmful like it's still not true and it can be stupid and frustrating like yeah obviously women are just like they're just as bad of drivers as men are everybody (laughs) people are just fucking bad at driving like (laughs) spend an hour on utah roads and you're fearing for your life Mm -hmm. actually i mean i know that like it's uh like teenage men like teenage boys are actually the biggest risk when it comes to driving Mm. so i don't know probably a lot of the incels (laughs) (laughs) they're just so mad driving around i'm pissed at women skirt skirt (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so i just think it's interesting because they do kind of keep that like veil over themselves and Partly, I think that it has to do with, like, I think that partly it has to do with them wanting to have that plausible deniability. Mm -hmm. But I also think that it's because people don't take what they're saying as seriously as they should. Right, right. Because you don't have to necessarily look very hard or go very far to find some really terrible and, like, misogynistic things on the internet. For sure. Well, and it's always that thing of people just playing it off as trolling and it's like just ignore them they're just a troll and like yes and a good chunk of the time if you just choose to not interact with that person you know say i tweet something about how it's difficult being a woman and an incel or person trolling as if they are an incel which what's really the difference comments back on that something really shitty if I don't respond or I just delete their comment or block them, whatever, likely things aren't going to go much further. But the problem is that it's going to go further in a different situation to somebody else. Mm -hmm. But it's always, it's like that thing of when your kid's on the playground and the little boy is chasing you around and the teacher just says, well, don't run away from him then because he just wants to chase you. He thinks it's fun or like, you know, he's just being a silly boy. Just let it go. If you just walk away he'll leave you alone and it's literally from that moment that breeds now here we are men follow you at night Mm -hmm. what was that story that you were telling before we started recording (laughs) oh so it was a post probably on reddit i saw a couple of years ago um this guy came up with this really cute hilarious funny game where when he was out at night and saw a woman walking he would cross the street to walk behind them and like follow them for a while just to see what their reaction would be and in his post he literally said oh it's not i'm not doing anything to hurt her i would never do that i don't ever actually follow them home i never touch them blah 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 it's just um a fun psychological game for me to see their reaction i just think it's interesting to know whether they're going to run faster or cross the street to get away from me or it's funny to see the fear in their eyes and he kept insisting all of these people were replying to it being like that's insanely fucked up of you to do and he kept defending himself saying no it's just this funny joke i don't ever actually hurt them i don't do anything um yeah and it's just that mind process where I honestly believe this dude probably does not think he's doing anything wrong. Like, he 
probably does not think that he is... I don't think he's doing it because he thinks hurting women is fun to an extent. Obviously, he doesn't understand the, like, psychological reparations of that. But um, it's like he has this idea that because he never actually touches you that it's okay or that because it's a funny joke to him that it's okay. Yeah, it's... And I... It's so interesting, like, the level of, like, ignorant privilege that, like, mm-hmm. that that guy obviously had, but also just, like, in general, like, people, because, I mean, we all know, like, the majority of, well, obviously, the majority of white nationalists are white, and the majority of incels are also, like, white mm-hmm. 20 to 30-year-old men, and the even if it starts off as like a joke i think it's it all really stems back to you have the privilege of like being able to make those jokes and exactly. do those things and not have to worry about the repercussions mm-hmm. of your jokes right like mm-hmm. if you know you can put some racist or some sexist thing online that you think is a joke but someone else isn't going to think that's a joke right not only can it hurt that person like uh, you know, emotionally, but it can also be dangerous if the right if another person sees that. Like it's all right. part of this like radicalization. Pipe yes, to, exactly, pipeline. and it's it's normalizing. Like we said that those ideologies, because while you, as someone who maybe you're not totally a white nationalist, but you make some sexist or racist joke that's subtle, somebody next to you who was teetering on the edge of that goes oh, it's okay to say those kind of things. Oh, well, my friend over here is making a lighthearted comment about something extremely racist. And then that slowly pushes them further the other way because it's just making that kind of idea okay over and over and over until eventually you've created a white nationalist. Yeah. And it's it's so disheartening too because like I think that at least maybe not so much in the time we're in right now because the far right has exponentially grown. But I think that, especially when you look back at, like, the early 2000s and the 90s, like, a lot of it, I think, was jokes. Like, I think people were just, like, in in general just trying to, like, be funny. Yeah, like, they would never actually act on the joke that they were making. But I think that we're proof now of, like, how those jokes have affected exactly. a whole generation of, like, pe- of people who've grown up on the internet. It's mm-hmm. like we've had, you know, all the access to all this media and all this, like, 90s to early 2000s media. And, I mean, look at us now. We have, like, a giant mm-hmm. neo-Nazi problem. <laughs> like, right, right. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it's just that slow indoctrination of okaying things making subtle jokes until that's just your thought process 24 Mm seven. And then, yeah. And then here you are and you're a neo-Nazi all of a sudden. (laughs) And I think it can even go into like, I was thinking about the words that like even our government will use like illegal alien bothers me so badly because that right there is breeding like xenophobia. You are literally calling another person. First of all, you're calling a human being illegal, which is just, yeah but then using the term alien like it is this foreign thing it's this they're not like us they're from a different world kind of thing like it's even gone so far these subtle comments these subtle words these subtle ways of phrasing things are even like in the official paperwork of our nation like when you register to what like get a gun or something you have to fill out this paperwork and on the paperwork it asks are you an illegal alien it uses mm-hmm. that term yeah and i'll just like dehumanizing i mean it's the same as like what an incel would call like a foid like a femoid it's all like dehumanizing like a female oh, robot no. basically oh no <laughs> i know i know it's <laughs> terrible um Ugh. but yeah no it's it's gross stuff like that i mean it's mm-hmm. the it's the as we kind of like we were saying the dehumanization the teetering you know getting closer and closer to the line until you finally like cross it Mm -hmm. 
And I don't necessarily, this is going to be kind of a big question. I don't know that we're, again, we're equipped to answer this, but, um, but I, I, and I wanted to ask you as well, I don't know how to, I've been thinking about it a lot and I don't know how to hold people accountable for those kinds Mm -hmm. of jokes because anytime you try to call somebody out on it, you're the leftist snowflake who hates free speech, right? right. Like, you know, you're the, the live, the libtard, I guess is the term they use. Which, yeah, which that right there is Uh a great example (laughs) of just a disgusting term. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's a hard place to be because... Oftentimes what people find, typically in a lot of arguments that are like online arguments, when you are arguing with somebody who completely opposes your views, when you have an argument with them, likely you're only going to solidify them and their beliefs further, right? Because you're making this um, uh, opposite point and then they're going to go and research their idea research it and then come back and give you this research and while they're researching it it's just further pushing that Mm -hmm. belief for them um and so i think yeah that's a hard area to be in and it's i think i would say it's one of those pick your battles kind of things like know what conversations are actually going to be productive and maybe not necessarily sway somebody's views but at least make a small change um, you know, it's that don't call out, call in kind of thing. If it's a friend or somebody that you care about your relationship with enough, who you know they care about your relationship with, you can do the call in thing, which is where you, instead of publicly on Facebook or in a classroom mm-hmm. or whatever saying, that's fucked up if you say, you can take them aside at their, of your own time and say, hey, look, what you said was hurtful because of this, this, and this. And likely if they're a person who cares about their relationship with you, they'll listen to you genuinely. I do think also, though, that we have an obligation in situations where, like, you're in a classroom and somebody says a racist comment or a work meeting or whatever it is, I think that you have to just at least say, hey, that's wrong to say. Mm-hmm. Just because we, right, like, let's recognize our own privilege. Like, we have the privilege to be able to say something like that and probably be less hurt like me as a white woman it's my obligation to stand up if i hear somebody say something like racist because i have my white privilege like for you it would be easier for you to call out something like sexist Mm -hmm. because since i would be the woman in that situation like they're probably not going to listen to me if they already have sexist views but they would listen to a dude right and like it's it's that thing where when you're in your group of friends and they make a joke you have to be the one to be like hey man that's fucked up because like we said those jokes breed the idea of that kind of thought pattern is okay and the more jokes that you make like that somebody else who has already further you know sexist or whatever kind of views is going to latch onto that and then keep growing so anyway it's yeah i think it's just a thing of hey that's not okay mm-hmm. on the internet Mm, that's a different (laughs) that's a different different area well and i think that a big a big point is like when you are like face to face with somebody and you're telling them something in person like hey this is not okay Mm. you have like a relationship with them already at least somewhat in some way right maybe not always sometimes you might just hear some shit going on and like (laughs) want to throw a brick at them but Uh, constantly (laughs) constantly (laughs) but um but like I think it's easier when you build that or you have that kind of relationship too, which is really hard because I don't want to associate with people who are sexist or racist, but you know, it it is when, you know, when you surround yourself with some, with a certain kind of person, Mm -hmm. like they're just going to get that confirmation bias of like, Oh, all of my friends also thinks, think that, women are bad and are you know exactly uh, whites are the superior race which is not true of course but they are you know that's the only thing they're hearing from all their friends that's the word confirmation bias that's Mm -hmm. what i was looking for so it's it's hard i think that as much as we want to stop those kinds of things Mm -hmm. i think when it is at an like an infantile level like that Mm -hmm. it's good to kind of like be more 
um, not understanding, but, like, kind about how you say it. Right, yes, because, you know, somebody making one joke does not necessarily mean that they are a white supremacist. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's, um, infantile is a good word because it's, like, catching that behavior while it's still young, mm-hmm. right? And not allowing it to grow up into a full-blown neo-Nazi adult. Like, you can, somebody makes a baby joke about a not-okay subject, and when it's subtle enough like that, I feel like it's easier to nab it at that point and be like, hey, actually, this is why you don't say things like that, because you may not realize how harmful those kind of things may actually be. Yeah, and and I mean, and I would say that, because I'm not necessarily one to say, like, Violence is never the answer because yes. I think there are points where violence is the only answer. <laughs> Definitely, but, but I think when it is like a very early, early type of joke like that, I think that kindness is usually the better way to go about it. Right. Well, I don't know about like full blown you know, Nazis. I'm yeah. Not sure. I don't I know mean, what the solution case, is there, but you know, I mean, a brick to the face wouldn't hurt him. I'm not against a brick to the face. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't kill yeah. him. And a yeah. Broken nose. <laughs> We are not uh, not condoning anything. Not condoning any crimes that are not done, <laughs> like uh, that aren't done in Minecraft on the on the pod. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I think there's definitely there's certain situations where you you can reach somebody before they start getting deeper in those views, or before they continue to make that joke not realizing how harmful it is and Mm -hmm. further solidify somebody else's jokes and then there is times also where you need to be extremely harsh whatever that may mean and it just depends on the level of like the level of relationship you have with that person and the level of like danger yeah i was gonna say the harm that could be befalling Mm -hmm. somebody else Mm -hmm. right like and that's like a tough line to know you know which is why i think it's just always like always speak up about it yeah always speak up um i think it's a very hard line and i think we see we see a lot of uh because there's so much like confusion almost with like what is a joke sometimes and what isn't like sometimes i see on you know especially with like leftist twitter like Mm -hmm. they get very you know they're very quick to jump and also, like, liberal Twitter, too. But, like, they're very quick to jump on something that's, like, that's, a, you know, is a joke. And as they should. But kind of to what you were saying, like, it's much harder on the internet to know, like, yeah. what is serious and what's somebody who's just genuinely, like, who's just, like, trying to get a reaction out of right. you. Right. And then, and I mean, it's, I think it's hard to know what to do in those situations because the likelihood is if a troll comments on one of your posts something to get a reaction out of you and you reply back to them they are thrilled and just keep pushing it right Mm -hmm. but then it's like okay but that person shouldn't be able to just keep going around doing that because what they're doing is causing harm and likely whether or not they think it is a joke or how far into those beliefs they really are like there's a piece of them that feels that way. There's a piece of that troll that, like, it's like, well, what is it? Why are they getting so mm-hmm. giddy when they say something transphobic and then you reply trying to correct that view or oppose that view? And then, and it's so exciting for them. And it's like, something in that is the way that they actually feel. Something in that is true transphobia. And so it's like, you want to stop those people from having those thoughts or from having a platform to share those thoughts or you know continuing to go and do that to other people who it might hurt even more but yeah it's this hard thing because you're almost fueling their fire by fighting back and responding to those comments it's yeah internet culture of this type (laughs) of thing turns it into a whole different situation because like we said when you're in person with somebody you have the body language you have that you have to physically look in another human being's eyes while as they tell you hey that joke you're making is extremely hurtful Mm -hmm. but behind a keyboard i mean exactly it's it's you don't see them as real people it's that dehumanization thing yeah and and, like, it would be nice if we had 
social media companies that would like yeah <laughs> call out hate speech but like it doesn't ever seem to happen that mm-hmm. way you know how yeah many, i mean how many like wars has facebook started or oh like my fucking god political insurgencies and stuff yes like... well yeah <laughs> if you've seen the movie um the social dilemma it goes into that mm-hmm. how like the algorithm well so even another um podcast that i listened to called the rabbit hole i think it was in new york times don't quote me on that um is about this guy who over the pandemic he was already kind of into youtube and then lost his job um due to the pandemic and so literally would just spend all day on youtube and started with i think somebody pewdiepie-esque Mm-hmm. And then because of that was suggested somebody a little slightly more like alt-right and then eventually got to like Steven Crowder videos. Yeah. And then he was a full-blown like alt-right white supremacist. And then eventually, I cannot remember who the YouTuber was, but it was a YouTuber who would like review these alt-right mm-hmm. YouTubers and basically point out all the places where they were wrong and then eventually, because of the YouTube algorithm, he had, like, watched her video, and then he was suggested all of these other, like, more leftist mm-hmm. videos. And then at the end of the podcast, it comes out, like, he's now a leftist. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think, and in The Social Dilemma, they kind of talk about this, like, how this algorithm thing plays a part in indoctrinating people into these views, where you watch one video and then you're just suggested another and another and another. And so many of these social media companies refuse to take um, responsibility for having and allowing this kind of content on their platforms, right? And, um, yeah, and so it's just it just is this whole crazy snowball effect. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's something. I've, I've definitely heard a lot of stories like that of, like, algorithms just, like, especially the YouTube algorithm. Especially because it's, YouTube. And I don't think that the YouTube algorithm was created to be, like, we're going to make a bunch of fucking Nazis. But, like, <laughs> it's, like, I know, at least from what I've heard, is, like, it's geared to keep you, like, watching yes. the longest. Yes. And the thing that people watch the most is, like, controversial bit videos. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, it's going to suggest those alt-right ones. Mm-hmm. But, um... Yeah, no, I mean, that's, like, a big reason, because, like, there's this whole, like, they call it BreadTube, which is, like, the leftist side yeah, of YouTube. Yeah, right, right, right. And that's, like, one of the reasons why I started, like, wanting to make YouTube videos and stuff was, like, there's just so much, like, garbage, like, alt-right garbage on YouTube. Yeah, like, let's flood it a little bit with yeah, some, some leftist stuff, garbage. Not garbage. <laughs> leftist trash, baby. <laughs> proudly identifying (laughs) as leftist trash Mm. but yeah and i mean i think there's also something to be said for why don't these social media platforms take responsibility for this and i think that it's because to an extent they are benefiting from people having these kind of ideologies right like obviously the united states benefits and uh is a white supremacist structure and so they are going to probably be okay with people having views that are going to not make them question prisons, not make them question capitalism, Mm. make them wholeheartedly, vehemently agree with capitalism. Like, so I think that there's probably some insidious shit going on with that where Twitter and YouTube and definitely Facebook are saying, (laughs) well, hmm, Mm. this is playing into, you know, America's little game of just get everybody to agree with what we want it to be. And so maybe there's a point where they're not even taking responsibility because it's beneficial for them. Yeah. No, and I agree. And I think that it also comes from, like, because to kind of tie it all back, I guess, like, Mm. the the backlash because again there's that plausible deniability of like oh that was just a joke right when you know somebody makes some kind of like racist or sexist comment um transphobic comment of some kind the social media companies are almost like in a way i kind of feel like they're scared to like de-platform people because Mm -hmm. of this like weird entitlement to, to like they you know they twitter should know that i'm joking and they're taking away my first amendment rights yeah, so, exactly. or whatever and exactly. it's like 
Well, that's that PewDiePie thing. Mm-hmm. He says, it's I'm just making a joke. I have freedom of speech. I should be able to post whatever I want on YouTube. And you'll see, too, with these, like, alt-right people will be like, well, if these leftists can say, you know, call Donald Trump all these horrible mm-hmm. names and they can, you know, say whatever they want about this, this, and this, why shouldn't I also have my platform to say these things? Which, it's pretty obvious to me why, but... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess if you're if you're talking more about a specific person and not an entire group of people, mm. I would feel more uh, sympathy for you. But mm-hmm. like, yeah, when you're spouting off racist rhetoric, it's like, um, what do you mean? Like, yeah, and I mean, I'm talking about yeah. our president. Like, I guess I mean, say what? Well, I don't fucking care what you say about the president. Like, I don't like <laughs> Joe Biden either. But <laughs> I don't know. It's yeah, it's that shit. It's. Mm-hmm incredibly frustrating (laughs) yeah it's those yeah words that you use to dehumanize people Mm -hmm. and i even so i was listening to this brene brown podcast that she had put out right after like the insurrection at the capitol where she was talking about people using words and name calling and that kind of thing to like dehumanize and in turn make ideologies okay, right? Like we've been saying this whole time. But she even brought it to a point where she was saying like, she doesn't ever use words like calling Donald Trump a Cheeto or things like that, which I don't necessarily 100% agree with what she was saying with Mm -hmm. it. But I think she brought up a really interesting point that like, when we do things like calling Donald Trump a Cheeto or calling cops pigs or things like that, we dehumanize them right and by doing that i think we are like literally erasing the fact that it's human beings doing this to other human beings and i think it almost sometimes makes the insane horrible shit that happens just a little bit easier to swallow because you're like not maybe not even easier to swallow easier to just you don't even comprehend what's happening Mm -hmm. in front of you because it's like, oh, Donald Trump the Cheeto tweeted this crazy thing again. And you don't even fully conceptualize like how much harm his insane wacky tweets are really doing. Yeah. Um, and you, you forget that a cop is just another human being who has somehow created in their mind that they are worth more than us or that they are higher up than us like they've done it to themselves too they've dehumanized themselves but in this other way where it's like you're not dehumanizing to oh you're this like lowly rat now or whatever like they do with marginalized groups but it's you're dehumanizing into like you're a machine yeah you aren't allowed to have emotions you aren't allowed Mm -hmm. to feel things I know, and I think that because I listened to that same podcast after you sent mm. it to me, but it was very good. I liked, yeah, and I like that part too. I don't, and like, I don't necessarily think that like when you're like hanging out with your friends and you're like, yeah, all cops are bastards. Yeah, that it's like a bad thing. No, but I do agree. You have to remember that like those are other human beings on that that are doing these things, right. and I think that it makes you like. I guess appreciate how like the problem more for what it is because it's exactly like, you know it's not like they're these mindless robots like you were saying exactly they're not RoboCop who are just like set out to fucking <laughs> kill every person of a marginalized group they see like no this is an actual human who consciously made the decision exactly. to not only become a cop but to hold these beliefs and to and Granted, you say their training is terrible, because it is, but they are still the human that's on the other side right. of the gun, right? Exactly, like, exactly, and yeah. it makes you feel terrible, but that's how you should feel, because yes. it's a terrible thing. I think while we are, I'm never going to be the person to say don't call cops pigs, because <laughs> let's be real, we all know. Yeah. But yeah, I think when you are saying those things and thinking those things, you have to constantly remind yourself this is another human being. And I almost even feel that where, you know, so often 
when horrible things happen in this country, we're like, oh, America, oh, the United States government mm-hmm. did this, this, and this. And it that even dehumanizes it, right? Because we're saying, oh, the United States government has passed these anti-trans bills. And it's like, yeah, it's the United States government, but it's also five dudes sitting in a room together going, let's make life a living hell and dangerous for trans individuals. Like, it's humans making these decisions. It's yeah. not this omnipotent American government, quote unquote. It's an actual human being who decided to put that bill into effect because they want to actively harm that group of people. Yeah, no, and I agree. And I think that's why, like, putting faces to those kinds of things is very important because, you know, like, it's easy, as you were saying, it's easy to say, like, yeah, fuck the government and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, I don't think there should be a government. I'm an anarchist, but, like... (laughs) But also, like, that aside, like, there are specific people who are fucking things up for everybody. Right. Like, that's why I was very... these decisions. I was very in support of all the Mitch McConnell hate that was happening when he, like, <laughs> oh, stopped definitely. the fucking uh, stimulus check from going through. Because I was like... Definitely. Yeah, people are out here fucking, like, on the streets, don't have any, like, food. Mm-hmm. Uh, they lost their jobs, mm-hmm. and you're, like, keeping them from getting this money. Yes. Him, specifically, Him specifically, is responsible for that. And he's a human being. Yes. And he's a fucking piece of shit. And like, that's super <laughs> important to remember. Well, even I think about here in Salt Lake, there's this development going up called the Kozo Apartments that is kicking out um, people who are going to be homeless in, like, an underfunded uh, city. They're literally kicking out, like, I don't even remember. I think it's, like, five different families or something like that who are all immigrant families. Like, it's just a complete fucking shit show. It's called the Kozo Apartments, and they've found out who, like, the name behind the developer is. It's Dallin Jolly, by the way. And they've been (laughs) actively calling him out, specifically him. Because it's like, yeah, it's not just this development company. It's not just... The Kozo Apartments. It is specifically mm-hmm. this man who's the most responsible for this whole thing happening. And yeah, just important to remember, like, who really the humans are behind these horrible ideologies, who the humans are behind these horrible bills or these horrible actions that mm-hmm. we see. Yeah, no, and I think that it makes it, um, because it makes it more real to you as well when you're like thinking and looking at like an actual person again to kind of tie it all back i suppose like because you're gonna have those kinds of face-to-face interactions where someone's saying something fucked up and Mm -hmm. you're gonna have to like stand up to it and you know it's i guess it it goes both ways you want to see the humanity there too just in the sense of like this is a person who has probably lost and has, you know, been radicalized by these certain things. Right. You know, and again, when it's more in an infantile state, we want to help them. Mm -hmm. I don't even necessarily think we shouldn't try to help people who are, you know, like the billionaires that we're, that we want to, you know, eat and whatnot. (laughs) But, (laughs) but, uh, cause yeah, I think that, People are just a lot of times victims of the society that we live in. A hundred percent. Not to be all, we live in a society, but... Um, <laughs> but so it's true. It's true, and I think that there there is something to be said for having a little bit of grace, even if I don't necessarily yes. agree that that's always the answer. Right. Well, and I think that that can go into this whole idea of cancel culture, right? Because even people who I think are genuinely leftists and who we call ourselves leftists and everything we still play into this cancel culture thing. Um, And all it is is another punitive system. Mm -hmm. All it is is another version of the prison system. And, like, cancel culture still isn't accountability. Right? And it all goes back to accountability. Even at the end of the day, at the end of the, you know, hopeful revolution, you know, whatever it is, We still want to hold these billionaires, hold these cops, hold these people accountable for Mm -hmm. what they've done. Because you want to ensure that that kind of thing is not going to happen again. And those kind of ideologies are not existing anymore. Or at least when they do start to exist, you can have accountability for them. Because my roommate was saying, they were like, 
if we, you know, quote unquote, get rid of all the cops, there's still going to be people who have the same thought pattern that they do, Mm -hmm. right? And so, yeah, rather than just having some different sort of punitive um, system that's just going to keep breeding not good behavior as we've seen, it's an accountability thing. No, I agree. And I think that's so much why I feel drawn to like more of an anarchist ideology is because Mm -hmm. like I feel like in an anarchist society or a society set up around like the idea that the community is like the government it's very much like it has that air of accountability like your your um your livelihood your life your well-being is directly tied to the other people that are around you and i think that sharing that is an important thing and i'm not saying that anarchy doesn't have its like pitfalls because as we've seen you know we can't even get people to like wear masks to like protect one another (laughs) like there's issues but but i like that i i just like the idea of that because you know i think that the only true kind of democracy is like a self-governing society because when you have when you elect leaders that have um that like represent a certain group of people eventually kind of what we've seen in america gets to the point where the leaders are no longer representing the people Mm -hmm. you know they're all kind of like colluding on their own right and then it's no longer you know we don't live in a democracy like Mm -hmm. we never have we live in a republic but like so I don't know. That's just I like the idea of accountability in through like an anarchist lens because I think that's how um, I think that's one of the only ways to really have accountability. Right. Because... For sure. If your own yeah your own survival your own livelihood is dependent upon the people around you, you want mm-hmm. to make sure that those people are also doing well and having good thoughts and good will for the other people around them. And it's just like this full circle thing where everybody's taking care of each other and making sure that nobody secretly has these really shitty ideas (laughs) about a group of people. This is a totally random tangent, but did you, do you ever, did you ever see that like meme that was like, do you put your shopping cart away at the grocery store? And if you, if you don't, this is a good way to show like how people self-govern or whatever. Yes, yes, yes. I hate, I hated that stupid fucking meme because like, first off, okay, like at a, at a a grocery store, wherever the fuck you are, like putting your shopping cart away is hardly comparable to like dying and like not having enough food to provide for like you and your community. Like exactly. And I don't know. I just think it was interesting. And, I'd also was like, because I was talking with Justin about it, and uh, I just think it was was just interesting because, like, people kind of expect, like, the workers of a a place to do their job, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So, like, I'm not going to do this thing to make their lives easier because this is what they get paid for. Because there's somebody getting paid to put this cart back. is a terrible mindset, but it's like, if it wasn't that, like, if you were, like, genuinely being, like, I'm going to do this thing because, like, people are depending on me. Like, it would be a completely different story. Well, because the shopping cart analogy doesn't work because we live in a capitalist society where we actively have to, like, fight each other to survive. And so Mm -hmm. I just, uh, I think that meme is so stupid, too, because I'm like, okay, um, what if it's a single mom with five kids who's putting 37 bags of groceries in the car and needs to fucking get out of there? Or it's somebody who is disabled and has finally made it to their car with their shopping cart and they're just too goddamn tired to bring it back. Or it's just like, yeah, you can't Mm -hmm. equate that to like, (laughs) what's how society would work. You know, it's so, yeah. It's so dumb, but it's just like, and honestly, I guess this kind of ties back in, but it's those little, like those little, like fucking, um, those little, uh, talking points like uh-huh. pinprick talking points mm-hmm. that like the alt-right and capitalists use to right. like that like don't necessarily hold any water but they hold like just enough like semblance of truth that they can like trick people into thinking that like what right. they're saying is profound right. but it's not 
Well, and let me just say this, because I'm just thinking about the shopping cart thing really mm-hmm. quick again. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you see that? You walk up, you see the shopping cart, and you go, our society is doomed. So you, who's seeing the shopping cart, go put it away. That's like, that's the mark of a good society is you go, oh my god, there's a piece that's faltering right there. What can I do in this moment to help? How about mm-hmm. I'm an able-bodied, you know, person who has a sec to take this shopping cart and put it back in the shopping cart area instead of just looking at that and going, well, society's doomed. Society's doomed. <laughs> I wish there was something we could do. If only there was something we could do to get this shopping cart back where it goes. Well, guess I'll just leave I now. I guess I'll just leave. Uh, it's so funny. But yeah, it's just those little like things because even like I got, I sent you, I got this really weird ad today on oh, YouTube. Yeah. It was like this, they're making like a kid's capitalism show or something. Uh, I don't know why. I, I get like that and I get a bunch of like Ben Shapiro shit in my ads and I'm like. It's because you're researching incels. True. They're like, oh, is this what? They're <laughs> probably, what the algorithm wants? must be so confused by you because he's, you're like <laughs> leftism, anti-capitalism and then researching Ben Shapiro yeah, on the side. Exactly, yeah. It's like, it's like watching all these like bread tubes, researching Ben Shapiro and then like watching on, walk, like, walkthroughs for Batman Arkham Knight or something. <laughs> and you're on, like, red-pilled fucking Reddit trying to see what's going on yeah. with the incels. They're like, who is this They're guy? Like, what is going on? I know the <laughs> FBI is like, who the fuck? Yeah. Your personal FBI agent is just completely yeah. lost. Kent is over it. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, no, but I got... it's just And it's just those little, like, things that they say, like, how they'll be like, well, socialism has never worked. And right. And it's like, well, okay, I mean, yeah, you're right, but also let's talk about how many times the America has, like, l- intentionally fucked over mm-hmm. a socialist mm-hmm. country because mm-hmm. we didn't want to, like, lose our oil deal with them <laughs> exactly. or whatever it is that we trade with them. Exactly. Like, so it's like, tell the whole story here. Don't just right. say one part of it. Like, right. let's, you know, I guess it's just the... It's with any alt-right figure. They don't follow their arguments to their, like, logical conclusion. Mm-hmm. You know, they just, like, will say the... What do they call it? Like, say the, um... Say the quiet... Or the... They, like, whisper the quiet parts, but yell the loud parts. Right, right, right. I don't know if that's the right term, but... Yeah, I get what you're saying, though. Yeah. But, I don't know. It's just funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, so I mean that's the the state of society that we're in. Yep. I don't know. Brought to you by slowly indoctrinating people into <laughs> just accepting what's going on around them by making it uh making these soft, subtle jokes that mm-hmm. just eventually wean you on to thinking everything going on around you is okay. Yeah. I mean we're just the normie pilled <laughs> lib snowflakes, so I mean what do we know? <laughs> Although I mean I've I like the the trend that was going on on TikTok where it was like, what's the biggest thing a snowflake's ever gotten offended over? And then it was like people talking about all this like shit that Republicans do, like not wearing a little piece of cloth in front of their face. I don't know. I Republicans, come fight me, honestly. I'm <laughs> here at my house. Show up and we'll fight. <laughs> Dukes up. Let's Dukes go. Up. Just kidding. I don't. Most Republicans, I feel like, are kind of, like, the everyday, like, average Joe working Republicans, I kind of feel like aren't as big of a problem as, like, Well, they're a product of society, right? That right there is exactly something that we're talking about. It's, they're sitting at the old Western bar with their dudes who are making these subtle jokes Mm -hmm. about, like, Mexicans taking their jobs or whatever, and then that just eventually becomes the way that they think, like... You know, I think there's a part of it that obviously these behaviors and these thoughts and everything needs to be corrected. But I think it's also you need to recognize that, like, just like with this whole insane Donald Trump thing, it's a it's cultist. Like the United Mm -hmm. States is a cult. And the way that they indoctrinate you to think and function and go about everything that we do here is at a cult level, like. Oof, we're about to, oh God, okay. (laughs) But I mean, literally you think, you see our education system, you see everything, and it starts from like preschool, right? I mean, they're literally 
brainwashing you to think a certain way because it serves the way that this country works and it serves the people who gain something from that, right? And yeah. so there's something to be said about that where, like you said, there's some grace that needs to be given, I think, to a certain extent Yeah. when it's not danger. Oh, agreed. And it's like if you've been told, you know, you like are some kid who grew up in Texas, mm -hmm. like you've been told from the time you were born that like, the libs want to come steal your guns right. and it's like exactly and i mean i guess some libs do i think everybody should have guns but <laughs> what do they say if you go far left enough you get your, you guns, get back. your guns back yeah <laughs> but um but yeah so i mean you've been told this thing from the time you were like an infant mm -hmm. and then you just grow up and you believe it right mm -hmm. and then you know you believe i mean just i guess with just anything like you right. believe that People are coming to steal your jobs. You believe all of this mm -hmm. just bigoted stuff that you've been told. And most of it's not even true. It's just, I mean, I guess there are there's some truth, like the liberals wanting to take your guns. <laughs> but even then, I don't know that they ever will be able to. But. Right. Well, and I think that's where it falls into the hands of, like, media portraying things in a certain way. Social media sites taking action when they see these kind of bigoted jokes happening like that's where you know there falls a responsibility on like our government and on media and things like that that are allowing these kind of jokes and these ideologies to just like continue to spread it's their job to say those things aren't okay or to have better representation and not only have white people on tv shows kind of thing like that's how we're going to be able to sway the views of these people who have been basically born into this kind of ideology, right? Is by the overall media that you're being fed and everything not also agreeing with those ideologies. And that's where the work needs to be done. Yeah. And I think that there is a point where like, there are some people, you know, there's the, the Rush Limbaugh's, the Ben mm -hmm. Shapiro's, the people that, like, really are spreading dangerously mm -hmm. wrong rhetoric and need to not, <laughs> you know, they. I think that that's a case for deplatforming when it is for dangerous. Sure. For sure. And again, like, I don't necessarily hate all Republicans or conservatives. I don't agree with most of the things they think, but when it becomes, like, a danger, I think at that point your rights to free speech don't right. trump someone else's rights to, you know, not be radicalized yes. and hate crime from someone who's yes. been radicalized. Well, and you can already see at <clears throat> least a little bit of influence that deplatforming Donald Trump has had, right? Mm -hmm. Even the simple act of taking away his Twitter has made a little bit of a difference. And, you know you and I are very anti-prison, so I think that's a that's an accountability thing. Deplatforming somebody can be an, an accountability thing because we're not throwing Ben Shapiro in a cell to rot, but we're saying you don't get to have a platform to spew this shit out. Mm -hmm. You can live your daily life, but you don't get to be in a place where so many people are allowed to hear your voice anymore. <laughs> Uh, please, I can't imagine. Please, for yeah, the love, for of, the God. love of God. If I have <laughs> Shut to hear the man up. Ben Shapiro's voice anymore, oh. I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose it. <laughs> but yeah, and I think that's you know it is interesting because uh, yeah, we both are very anti-prison system, especially like life sentences and things like that. I know my cat is is cute. <laughs> she's like play with me anyway stop talking about politics you guys for god's sake but yeah i'm you know we're both very against the prison system mm -hmm. i don't think that prison sentences should be i mean definitely not life sentences not right. even more than 20 to 30 years right and that's for extreme things but it's you know yeah there are things to put people in prison for but there is social accountability that needs right. to happen right and you know CEOs and executives have proven they aren't the ones to do it. And mm -hmm. I don't think that we need to cancel because the idea of cancel culture is nice being like, we're going to not support a person that's shitty, right. but it never works. Like, exactly. We have to 
as communities come together and say like this is what we want and this Mm -hmm. is what we don't want and Mm -hmm. this is how we think it should be handled and if as a community you decide like we want to de-platform this person or do whatever to not give them a voice here at least in the community we're in then that's what you got to do right yeah it's collective community deciding what's going to heal this And I mean, that's a whole other podcast. Our thoughts True. on the U.S. prison system. <laughs> that'll be that'll be another. I'll, we'll get to it soon. <laughs> yes, that'll definitely be another episode. But yeah, I mean, we hit the one hour mark, so I guess we can uh, yeah, call it. I feel good. I feel good about that. Yeah. Good place to wrap up. Anyway, this has been uh, remarks. Remarks. That's the name. I think that's definitely going to be the name. I, I feel like good it. about it. I yeah, like flows well. I, like I feel good about it. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, thanks for listening. We'll probably record another episode next week. And see you later. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye.